You guys doing good? Great to be with you today. Come on, church, let's welcome in our Orange Park campus as well as our St. John's campus, those watching online right now. We're so glad that you are spending part of your weekend here with us at Celebration. And today we are continuing in our series, Good Families Are No Accident. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to get there in just a moment. Um, I do want to say that everyone, you know, as Clay said, that our membership class is immediately following our 1212 service. Here at the arena, I'll be teaching it in person. It'll start about 1.30. I'd love to see you there if you are interested in joining the church at all. And, of course, there's information there at the location you attend as well. Good families are no accident. Now, before we get into Acts chapter 2 today, I want to read kind of our theme scripture for the series that is found in Luke chapter 6. I'll begin reading in verse 46. Jesus says, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? It's kind of straightforward, isn't it? Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep. Everybody say digs deep. You got to dig deep. You've got to get intentional about your house, your home, your family. Who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well Built Good families are no accident. It takes intentionality. It takes a a, a strategic plan. They've got to be well built. He says, but anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse in a heap of ruins. Before I go to Acts chapter 2, I just kind of want to bring everyone in, give you some context for where we are in the series. We've been talking about good families are no accident, and last Sunday we looked at what love looks like in the home, and we went to Ephesians chapter 5, and we specifically looked at verse 21 that says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, and then it lists kind of four unique Uh, qualities of submission for wives, for husbands, for children, and for fathers, but submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And in our modern culture, we don't like that word submission. In our modern culture and modern vocabulary, that word submission, it means weak. It means like you're a doormat or whatever like that. But biblical submission is something totally different. Biblical submission, and we gave you this definition, it actually means submission is when you leverage your power and your resources for someone else's benefit. And the greatest example we have of someone who submitted was our Lord and Savior Jesus, who submitted to death on the cross. He leveraged his strength and resources for our benefit. In fact, the word that we use in our vocabulary that's the closest to submission is serve. Serving's a very positive word. And so we talked about how God has all these ideals for our family of health and blessing and joy and all that kind of stuff. But what, what we're experiencing in the real, our reality is so far from our God's ideal. We have pain and regret and disappointment. And we just don't see how, how can we get healed from this or forgive that person or see a breakthrough in this area. But what we talked about is, look, God gives us his grace. That's how God fills the gap. 
And if we will just get intentional, we'll see God pull our real up to his ideal. And in the home, that looks like Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another. And while, yes, the, the husband is the head of the home, leadership is shared. Everyone is equal. And actually, God addresses the women, the wives, first. And he talks to the wife about what it means for her submission, talks to the husband about what submission means to him, which is cherish and love your wife, about kids obeying their parents, and then fathers, the way they discipline their kids. And then what do we learn? Hopefully some of you did it this week. What's that kind of language of love in the home? It's real simple. It's how can I help? How can I help? Husbands, learn to ask, how can I help? Wives, ask your husbands, how can I help? Ask your kids, how can I help? Kids, ask your parents, how can I help? That is the language of love. And so what we want to do today is we kind of want to look at the connection between the home and our natural families and in God's spiritual family because there is a huge, huge connection to the health that you experience in your natural family and the health that you experience in your spiritual family God's house. And I have a lot about this in the book, The God First Life, that I wrote. And that's when Jesus said in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything you need will be added unto you. In other words, you have to seek acceptance, seek the kingdom of God. When we give our lives to Jesus, one of the first things we do is we realize his kingdom or the family of God is now our primary family. God's family is now our primary family. Our heavenly father is now our primary father. He's our uh, creator. And the only way that we can love our natural family members and the only way that we can really be a blessing to our natural family members in the fullest capacity is to understand how we operate in God's family or in God's kingdom. So there is a huge, huge connection here. So let me read in Acts chapter 2 verses. I'll begin reading at 242. And we're going to see what love looks like in God's family, in God's home, and how that connects into our natural family. Of course, this is, you know, right after the day of Pentecost and the church has been birthed. And in verse 42, it says, all the believers, everybody say all the believers. That means Everybody. That's you and me. That's all. It's one of those heavy, complicated words in the Greek. All means all. Okay. All the believers, look, devoted themselves, and it goes on to say, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship. That word in the Greek is actually koinonia, where we get our English word, community. They devoted themselves to teaching, to fellowship, sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. It goes on to say, and a deep sense of awe came over them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. You know, you ever know, whenever people talk about church, food's always everywhere, isn't it? Everybody's eating all the time. You know, we can't do much else. Might as well eat. So anyway, verse 47, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I want to talk to you about this connection between your natural family and God's family. And I've entitled this message, A God First Family. A God First Family. Pray with me, Lord, thank you for your word. 
God, I pray for these next 25 minutes or so, God, that you would just open our hearts. Help us, help us, God, see where true transformation happens. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. You know, I want to share something with you guys today, really, um, really at the beginning of the summer, probably starting uh, last spring, I've really been burdened in prayer and just praying and praying for the church, kind of like what's kind of like what's next for us, what's next for us as a church. And one of the things that I'm really concerned about that I'm even disturbed about as I've been looking at the different data and things from our church, you know, we, we have o- over 10,000 people that come to our church that attend celebration at one of its cam- one of one of our campuses uh, on the weekend. But did you know that there's about 25,000 people that come through our doors on some type of regular or semi-regular basis? And when I look at the different data points that we have about you know, change and life transformation, what I've noticed is the bigger we've gotten, the less percentage of life change and transformation we're, that we're seeing. And I want to let you know that as your, as your pastor, you know, first and foremost, like, I, you know, I have a responsibility to God. I'm going to stand before God one day. I'm going to have to answer to how I pastored you and to, you know, was our church healthy and did we provide you at least everything that, you know, we've been stewarded with by God for, for you to have every chance it possible to live a God first life and, and to be successful in your family and your home and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's a heavy deal, and to be honest, I've been losing a little bit of sleep because I've been feeling like, man, the church is like, uh, while we've experienced a lot of success, in some ways we're losing some of the things that really made the church what it is today. And I'm thinking about things like, you know, the series that we're in right now, you know, we're in this great fa- family series, and, and, and what's going to happen in this series? You're coming on Sunday, and you know, you're going to get some, you're going to get some breakthroughs and you're going to be excited about some things. And, you know, even if you're, you know, single and you're going to feel like, man, you got a great plan and all this kind of stuff. And we're going to start getting some breakthrough here from, from where we are to where God has called us to be. But what happens many times is we get in a series and you're inspired through preaching as you should be. You're inspired through the word of God, but it fizzles out a month or two months later, how many of you know what I'm talking about? How, how many, you, you come and you get inspired about something and, and, and you know it's God, but it just, it, it, it's not sustainable. It's not repeatable. You, you watch this. You see change, but you don't see transformation. And there's a difference there. See, we can get changed, but if we don't have a context in which that change can be sustainable, we won't experience lasting transformation. And so what we see here in the book of Acts, we see this incredible uh, move of God where there's this lasting transformation in their lives. We see a bunch of people that, I mean, you know, before they met Jesus, I mean, maybe they had some things in common, right? They had interests, they had hobbies, or, you know, they were neighbors, and, uh, you know, of course they were Jews and, and things like that, but they didn't have Jesus in common. So really, you know, it was like they, they had camaraderie and all of us, we have relationships, right? We have friends and, and we have camaraderie, right? It's good. It's a good thing, man. People hang out with, go fishing with, go to the ball game with. Come on, if you're a man, you just sit around and do nothing. 
with, come on, where are my men in the house? Ladies, you ever wonder why men can hang out and not say anything? Because we don't have anything to say. We're just, you know, we're just sitting there waiting on somebody to bring us some food or somebody to score a touchdown, something like that. So, but we all have camaraderie. But what we see here, what the Bible's talking about, something very pa- powerful happens with this group of people once they meet Jesus, where, where their camaraderie takes on a whole different context and a whole different meaning. Because what they did was when they began to take the relationships that they had, that camaraderie, and the Bible says, and then they devoted themselves to teaching, to fellowship, to encouraging one another, to prayer. They devoted themselves. And what have we been talking about here in this series? We've been talking about what, what's the, the kind of the main key word that takes the real to the ideal? Intentionality, right? God fills the gap with grace. We fill with intentionality. And that's what they did here. They took the relationships they had and they said, you know what? We're not just, we're gonna keep hanging out and fishing or you know what I'm saying and being neighbors and all that kind of stuff. But what we're gonna do, we're gonna devote ourselves. We're gonna get intentional. We're gonna, we're gonna add some things, man. We're gonna add the word. We're gonna add prayer. We're gonna have encouragement. We're gonna have care. And, and we're gonna take, watch this, our camaraderie. That's where we are right now. We're gonna take our camaraderie and we're gonna let God transform it into community. And this is how we see lasting transformation in the life of the believer. You see, life change, it's inspired through preaching, but it's only imparted through community. It's only imparted through the relationships that you have. That's why Jesus said this, look, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am where? In the midst of them. When we think of change, we think of, yeah, it's us and Jesus, and it is. Yes, and you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes, and, and you can feel the, the, the presence of God and experience the joy of God. Yes, but watch this. There's a difference between that and Jesus showing up in your midst, in your home, in your work, where you go to school. Come on, on the job with that crazy boss of yours. Showing up in your midst when you're in debt. Showing up in your midst when you, 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 someone has hurt you. Showing up in your midst where you have all these problems and you know what to do. I'm telling you, Jesus says, if you want me to show up in your midst, you need two or three. Because true sustainable transformation does not just happen in camaraderie. True sustainable transformation happens in community. That's a good time to clap there. And here's the awesome thing. <laughs> yes, thank you, leading clapper in the... I know they're clapping for me at OP. That's what I'm telling you. If you have not been to the OP campus, you need to go to the OP campus. They are the funnest. They will shout you down. It's definitely the funnest place to preach. So, sorry, Arena, but I'm just saying. I'm saying... <laughs> St. John's and Arena are kind of the same. OP, that's, there's like a party going on there every service. So look, what, what, here's what they did. Here's the cool thing. They didn't go, the, the people that they were friends with, they didn't go and like, oh, some big heavy, oh, we're stopping all this and we're doing all this and, and, and we're making these huge changes to our lives. And da-da-da. No, all they did, you know what? They just added a little intentionality to what they were already doing in their camaraderie. 
if they were neighbors that hung out together, if they were people that went fishing together, if they were, uh, you know, a group of girls that has coffee together, whatever it was, all they did was they took what they were doing, and you know what they, they added a little word, the apostles' teaching. They added some prayer. They added some encouragement. They added some care. What they did was they they just kind of added intentionality, this spiritual dimension to what they were already doing. Then two or three were gathered, but now they're bringing Jesus's, Jesus into the context, and now God takes their camaraderie into community. Now watch. Community, as we just read that passage, community is where the miracles happen. Community is where the deep sense of all begin to develop amongst the believers. Community is where the transformation happens. God never meant church to be the place where miracles happen. We have this idea that we show up to church to be spiritual. No, you show up to church to be inspired. And then you go out in your everyday life and that's where you let your spirituality come into reality and let your camaraderie go into community. You don't need a miracle in here. You need a miracle on the job. Husband and wives, you need a miracle in the bedroom. I mean, not just that. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, you might need a miracle there too. I don't know. But I mean, in your, the, the things that you're dealing with privately. Listen, man, we need, we need a miracle in our students' lives. In our, you know where we need a miracle? When your young son or daughter is getting peer pressure. And someone's pulling them away from God. That's where we need a miracle. Our kids are fine in here. What can they do? See, this is what I'm trying to say. The church was never meant just to be in a building. We've associated church with buildings, a church or ecclesia. It actually means the called out ones. It, what, what, what the original meaning of church is, it's just a group of people that had camaraderie. Jesus came into their lives. They added some intentionality. It turned into some community and they started seeing amazing, miraculous, sustainable, repeatable life change in their everyday lives. So this is kind of the crossroads we're at as a church. We're gonna have to follow God here and we're gonna have to take these steps where our church can go from from being more of a crowd. See, this, this isn't a church, this is a crowd. A church takes place in the context of community. What is community? Community is where you experience the power of relationships around a common purpose. It's a definition of community from the biblical perspective. Of course, that common purpose is Jesus and a God-first life. Community is where you experience the power of relationships that are centered around a common purpose. It's just bringing a little bit of intentionality to the camaraderie that you already have in relationships. 
And as a church, if we're really going to experience the miraculous and the life change that God has for all of us, we're going to have to take this step from going more of being a crowd on Sundays to being a church, to being a community of believers that can really, watch this. Now, where does this tie into your home? Watch this. A community of believers that can practice love. Do you know there are 59 one another's in the Bible? 59 one another's. Serve one another, accept one another, pray for one another, forgive one another. I could go on and on about the one another's. Do you understand? To do a one another, there has to be another. Oh, there's 59 one another. You can't do one another from your seat. You can't do one another from the pew. You can't do it. You can't do it from a row. It has to be done in a circle. It has to be done in the context of life. I'll never forget the, the greatest life change I ever, I'd been going to church for about two years. I'd given my life to Jesus. I was all excited about God. I was really I'm just excited about the things of God. And I had, I had experienced tremendous change and I was very, very grateful. But you know what? This is my life. It was like this. And I'll never forget, I had a friend of me. His name's Chad Daniels. He's a missionary. Uh, today, we still su- support him. He's a little bit older than me. And he came up to me, he said, Stovall, I want you to be in my small group. And there was a group of, of, of guys and he invited them to this small group. And for about eight weeks, I think we went through some kind of book or something like that. And can I tell you, in those eight weeks, it was like all these dots connected. It was like the change that I would kind of experience from time to time. It's like that change turned into real transformation. I realized there were people that had the same questions I had, struggled with the same things I had. I saw how simple it was if we just get around and just talk a little bit about what was preached on Sunday just how God will use that, how Jesus would show up in our midst and connect the dots and do some healing and do some encouragement and how that changed. I probably changed from a transformation standpoint. There was more transformation in my life in those eight weeks of being in that group than in the previous two years of coming to church on Sunday. And as a pastor, I meet people. I mean, when I'm out, I meet people. It's like this entire city goes to our church. Maybe they're just lying to me to make me feel good or whatever like that. But but watch this. That's awesome. Okay? It's great. You know, all these people on the weekend, that's awesome. But when I stand before God, it's not, God's not going to say how many people went to your church. How many people came on Sunday? How many people said that, no, you know what God's going to say? God's gonna say, were you faithful in stewarding my flock? Were you, were you faithful in giving them every chance for success to experience the transformational power of Jesus and see people really come into the fullness that God has for them? Thank you. So... So this is where we are. So here's what I'm asking, and I'm asking everyone, I'm asking you to seriously think about, pray about becoming a host, hosting 
a group. It's not an alien. It's not an effect, I- infection. It is like an actual host. Like, you know, you host people. <laughs> you host people. And, and look, this is a new way that we're doing groups here in celebration because it's got, let's see, the book of Acts, what? Here's what I know about the book of Acts. When this all happened, they didn't have a 12-week leadership training class. It was much more organic than that. And all of my study and how the early church developed, it was really this. Kind of already had some friends. You added some intentionality with it, teaching, fellowship, encouragement, just like it says there. And it it took it into this incredible, powerful, transforming community. Anybody can host a group. It's kind of a new way of doing groups here. Okay, so so I want to just kind of walk you through that acronym. We have an acronym for hosts. The first thing, here's all you need to do to host a group. Have a heart for people. Just have a heart for people. Can somebody please care for somebody else? Can we just stop taking 20 selfies a day? Uh, listen, here, here's what I, how about, how about let, let, let's do a death, to, is there a, like a othery? Like, 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 like other people Like, can you, like take a picture of the people you care about, you know? Hashtag compassion, hashtag something. Watch how easy this is. Anyone can do this, watch. You, 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 you uh, just have a heart for people. All you need is two or, two or three friends. If you got two or three friends, that's great. You got one other couple, four people make a group, great group, three people make a, a, a great group. Jesus said, we're two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. I mean, some groups, yeah, they're, they're bigger. People like, you know, get a lot of people together, all that. You can do it, man. There's neighbors on your street. There's people that you already know. You can do this. Watch. These groups start on the last week of August. Last week of August. They only last six weeks. Six weeks. I'm asking you for like 30 minutes, maybe an hour at the most of your life for six weeks. Now, some of you that do exercise programs, look, I attempted P90X. That guy asked for like over an hour a day, every single day except Sunday for three months. You know where it got me? A busted up knee. I lasted 30 days. But I'm saying anyway, you can do this for six weeks. Look, you can do this. You can do this. It starts the last week of August. It runs through September. We're going to have a series. It's message-based. It's easy, easy, easy. The second thing, look, all you need to do is open. That's the O. Open your home, business, or meet anywhere. Anywhere. You can meet in Starbucks. You can meet uh, before or after a gathering. I mean, I remember one time we had one group. They all went to the Jags game together. And so they put in uh, this small group curriculum. It was like they got there early. They did that together for like 30 minutes. And then they started tailgating. Yes, bring me to your tailgate experience. The people you hang out with, maybe your kids have sports, you're, 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 you're single, there's a group of y'all that, you know, you go out to eat or you, you go to coffee all the time. It doesn't have to be another night. Just add it around what you're already doing. The third thing, look, the S, serve a snack or at least coffee. 
You see all that food in the book? There's something about a meal. Do you know, do you know that in the early church, communion almost uh, uh, was always done in the context of a home? When, communion, when Jesus set the example of communion, it was him and the 12 disciples. It's almost always done in the context of the home, but just food in general. Now watch, you don't have to cook a gourmet meal. Although, if I'm coming to your group, I like some good food, if you know what I'm saying. But it can just be coffee. It can be refreshments. That's all you have to do. I mean, it's funny. Like some, some groups that we have in the church, it's like when I ask, hey, how's your group going? Oh, it's going great, man. We cooked jambalaya last week. Oh, how's your group? Oh, it's awesome, man. We're grilling like bacon, cheeseburgers. This, I'm like, how's your group going? Oh, so-and-so's making spaghetti. I'm like, do y'all do anything besides eat? <laughs> and then the last thing, look, have a heart for people. Open your home, business, meet any place, Starbucks, just find somewhere that's open. Go in there. The last thing is this, look, turn on a video. That's it, turn on a video. Anybody can turn on a video. Look, I'm gonna show you what we're giving you for free if you host a book. Look, the God First Life video curriculum. Do you know how the average length of each of these videos? It's 12 minutes. 12 minutes. Look, look, it's me. Look. Look. It, I mean... I know some of y'all kind of get enough of me on Sunday. Just give me 12 more minutes for six weeks. Telling you we'll help you. Look, we give you this free. Here's the, the God first life. This is the guide. Just discussion questions on the weekend messages that we're going to do. Anybody can turn on a video. Think of who in your life would benefit from this. We all would benefit. But think, just think of the people that you could invite. Remember, Jesus said this, where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. You want to know why in the book of Acts, the early church was experiencing all these miracles and all this power and all this transformation, all this joy? It wasn't because they were going to the temple once a week and getting inspired. It was because in addition to going to the temple once a week and getting inspired. They were meeting all throughout the area and they were experiencing real life transformation in the context of community. They were experiencing the power of those relationships because Jesus promises us, if two or three are gathered, here's the key, in my name, two or three, I will take you from camaraderie and you will experience my power in the context of community. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I just pray as we embark on this next step in the journey of celebration, God, I just pray that, you know, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Father, help the church as much as I can. I, I help convey how much I need their help. Look up here, I need your help. I need your help. So what I'm gonna ask you to do right now, pull out the host, there's a little piece of paper, the, the host pamphlet, it's on your seat or it's in the seat in front of you. Just pull that out. If, you have a, if, if you've got two or three friends, if you have a heart for people, if you can, 
open your home or open anywhere, meet anywhere. Doesn't have to be an extra night. You can serve some coffee or have some refreshments. And if you can turn on a video, you can be a host and you can help take our congregation from being a crowd to being a real church. Experiencing what they experience in the book of Acts. How many of you, before I pray, just real quickly, if you said, so I think I might be able to do that for six weeks, I think I might be able to do that, would you just kind of raise a hand or hold your card up? Look at all the people all over the place. I'm telling you, you can do it. You can do it, put your hands down. I'm gonna pray for you right now and immediately following the service. If, if you can do that, just stop in Serving Central, right out here to the right at our other campuses. There's an area right out of the sanctuary where y'all have training. It takes 15 minutes. That's how simple this is. We'll train you right now for 15 minutes. You'll get great coaching and support along the way. You can do this. And guess what? We can be the church. We can be the church. And you can see some sustainable, amazing transformation in your life like never before. Father, we love you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, that you said you would build your church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. God, I thank you, Lord, for everyone under the sound of my voice at all of our locations, Lord, that are, that are saying yes to you. And God, I thank you for what this is gonna do in our church, God. Lord, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.